0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Sox Pod with Charlton Zidane. Hope you guys enjoyed last episode. Just like always, make sure you guys follow the Insta. It's a great way to let you guys know when we're posting a new episode. Very interesting episode today. Got lots of news from the past couple of days and got some cool topics for you guys today. Zidane, how's the episode going to roll out today? We have some big, big news in the MLB. The offseason finally seems to be heating up.
1: We also have – we're going to take a look at the bench players' On the Chicago White Sox, we're going to be grading them and just talking about them in general. And then the big one that I'm most excited for is we both have lists of 10 things we want to see this season. That's going to be really interesting. So, Charlie, you want to start us off?
0: All right. The long-awaited JT Romuta saga has officially came to end with a $115 million contract. Very big contract. I've said it before. I knew he was going to stay in Philadelphia. Zion, what are your what are your takes on this? Because I think this is a pretty big move, and I could I could have expected it. One of the biggest free agents have um, he was one of the biggest free agents, and
1: now he is signed. It is the largest annual salary AAV for a catcher of all time. Jt Ramutra has just beat out Joe Mauer, but it's completely deserved as he's an all around player, can do everything for you behind the plate, great hitting catcher and he also has some speed, which some people are surprised but. But just great move by the Phillies, though they still even with this may be the fourth place team. Okay Charlie, what's the next move
0: we gotta talk about? We've been talking we've been talking really positive on the Blue Jays and they just made another acquisition. The Oakland A's Marcus Simeon to a one year 18 million dollar contract. I'm gonna start off with my opinions first on this. I think this is awesome. We'll talk about the Blue Jays later on in the episode or at least I will and They've got, they've got lots of names, got lots of young guys. Here is a veteran-ish player. I would call him a veteran or experience whatever word you want to use. He offers power. He's a great fielder. And I think he could solidify them as a playoff team. This upcoming year, I'm, I'm that high on them. And I think it's a very, very solid move from the guys in Toronto. What do you guys – or not what do you guys – one guy on the podcast. And I, what do you think?
1: It's a great move. I like this move, you know. I will say it is kind of an overpay for just one year 18. Remember now. the
0: Toronto, remember the Canadian tax that we talked about last episode. Yep. And What's the thing? same
1: thing with George Springer. They paid them a lot of money, but if you're going to compete with the Yankees, that's what you got to do and it's interesting where they'll put him. It sounds like they're moving him to second base. I don't generally agree with that. I think he Marcus Simi should be moved to third base. Keep Kevin Biggio there. But great move by the Blue Jays. I'm gonna, Let's see how it turns out. They could be World Series contenders this year with this move. Okay, Charlie, what's the next move?
0: Before we go on to the next move, I wanna add on that it is very expensive, that Marcus Simeon deal, but you gotta remember that guys like Teoscar and um Blinken on the name Vlad Guerrero. They're they're not on lots of money, so they do have the money to spend. But yes, it is it could be considered an overpay. We'll have to see how he does. But the next piece of news is kind of significant to the White Sox, but more significant to the other side of Chicago. Jock Peterson to the Cubs, one million, or not one million, one year, seven million, the contract was, and he's going to be moving to the north side of Chicago, from Dodgers. I mean, this is pretty interesting. So I don't want to let you. I want to let you talk first.
1: Um. You know, it, it's similar to what Kyle Schwarber got, but I believe he got somewhere around $10 million yeah. from the Nationals. I think this is a great move by the Cubs when compared to that Kyle Schwarber. I believe they're getting a very, very Kyle Schwarber-esque player in Jack Peterson. Crushes righties, not very good against lefties, but for less money. And I think he could dominate a Wrigley Field. So I have to see what he does. What do you think about this move?
0: Yeah, I think it's a solid move they needed they needed to get a player like Kyle Schwarber to, you know, replace Kyle Schwarber. And I think I mean, you don't really know what the Cubs are doing not specifically, you know, to this move, but you don't really know what they're doing, are they rebuilding Are they I don't know like they're obviously not, you know, going for it cuz they know that they're not going to do anything in the playoffs even if they get there. I don't think they will. But yeah, Josh Peterson he's going to offer some power Hopefully I'm not saying, you know, hopefully the Cubs do well. I'm saying hopefully he he succeeds because I, I like I like I like Jock Peterson. Oh you just cut out. Can you hear me? You cut out. Now I
1: can hear you. Yeah. All right. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah, we're good. All right. So I was saying that he offers some power and if he does well, you know, I'm good. You know, I like Jock Peterson. He is the Cubs paid less for him than we did for Adam Eaton. I don't know how I feel about that. about how do you feel about
1: you know comparing the two? Uh, I'd much rather pay Jack Peterson seven million than Adam Eaton eight million. Jack Peterson, he's also a lefty. I just think he would have been a better pickup for us than Adam Eaton. But it is what it is. Let's see how it goes.
0: All right, we got one more. Okay. Anderson Simmons. What do you think about the one year ten point five to the Twins?
1: It's an interesting move by the Twins because, you know, they are our main competition in the AL Central. They are the only people standing between us and a division title. Obviously, Nelson Cruz is a big player, and we can't wait to see him sign with the White Sox, hopefully. Always have to say that. But Andrew Simmons, interesting player, you know. He is a great defensive shortstop. We all know that. That's never going to change. But he also has some pop. You know, had a down year in 2020, but you never know. They will be moving Jorge Polanco to second base. Then loose Luis Arias will be moving around like corner outfield, corner infield. We don't know. But interesting movement by the Twins. What do you think of this move, Charlie? Yeah,
0: I think I think it's a solid move. He's an awesome fielder. I've been high on him when I've watched him. But um yeah, it's another it's another guy that we're gonna have to deal with when we face the twins lots of times next season. It's gonna be pretty tough. They're still a tough contender. They're always good in the in the regular season. We'll see how they do in the off season if they'll get there. But moving on to the next segment. So how we set this up is three bench players or however you want to call it. They'll be in and out of the team or just three guys that will not start every day, if you want to put it like that. Now, we did two of the same players and one different. Just, you know, mix it up. First player, Danny Mendick. Lots of people have forgotten about Danny Mendick. I am so high on him. He did awesome when Madrigal was injured in the 2020 season. And I w- I'm very curious about what you think about Danny Mendick's role next year. How we'll do on What do you think? I'm surprised
1: you're very high on him. And as, we, as you said, we gave all of these players grades. I gave Danny Mendick a C. It's a passing grade, but it's nothing amazing. So... For my notes, I just have, eh. I think he's average or a bit above average at everything. He can hit okay. He has some power. He plays pretty good defense, I'll give him that, and he's pretty fast. But I don't think he'll be offering offering much to the Chicago White Sox this season. There's no way, as long as Nick Madrigal isn't injured, there's no way Danny Mendick starts over him. So, he may maybe at some point will play in the season, but I'm not expecting much from him, Charlie. What do you have for Denny Mendick? Yeah, well,
0: I don't know. I'm not expecting that he'll play very often, but when but you gotta look at it. he's not a starter he's a he's a bench you know at most a bench player that will be in there you know if and when the situation is you know is well for him, but I think that for what he is and what he can do he's a solid player for that for his type of position so i gave him a b i think it's very solid i think he's very solid i'm high on him zidane might not be as high on him but i think he was very very solid and he showed he showed a little bit of pop in 2020 and you know he was solid and there's really nothing much to say about him Then i think he's a good fit for that grade grade b for danny mendic next player is larry garcia zidane what's your take on him
1: he is an interesting player. I gave him a B minus, slightly above Danny Mendick, but not too high. And my last guy I have really high compared to these. Leroy Garcia, you know, he used to be a starter for this team. And if I were to talk about positives, I'd say he's a switch hitter. Always helps when if you're going to put a bench player in, or you need him just really for one game. And he is a great contact hitter. Defense, you know. I'm not too worried about it. He's not like Eloy, but I'm not gonna say he's Luis Robert somewhere in the middle. So it's helpful to have a switch hitter, but he's an okay player. Pretty good his position. That's all I gotta say. Charlie, what do you have for Leroy Leroy Garcia?
0: Yeah, Leroy Garcia, I agree with everything you said. I just give him I just gave him a different grade. He missed lots of games last year. You know, he was injured. He's solid defensively. Like you said, he's in the middle of, you know, Eloy and Luis Robert. And I think he could fit in, you know, to that center field spot if Luis needs a rest or Luis is injured. Well, you know, that'll that'll come to it it when it happens. Hopefully not Luis getting injured because he needs to bounce back here. I think he could come here, you know, with a little bit of homers. He had three last year. He's shown some pop, but he really doesn't do anything with his bat. And he's only fine defensively, so I gave him a C. I'm really not high on Larry Garcia. I don't really love his bat, and the first couple of games of the season last year, he he wasn't really good, and that kind of hindered my hinder my opinion on him. But you know, we'll see where Larry Garcia fits into the team because I'm sure, and we can both agree that he'll get a couple games next year. All right, who do you have for your player of choice? You know, I have
1: our main man, great player who we both really like, Adam Engel. I'm giving him an A, my only great A of all these bench players. And, you know, you look early on in his career, and he was not, you know, an A player. He was a 600 OPS, you know, a 235 average. He always was fast and always played good defense, but he was nothing really special, but he broke out. In 2020, in relief of Nomar Mazzara Nomar and, honestly, the starter above Nomar Mazzara, you know, he had an 800 OPS, a 121 OPS plus, which is great for him in his career. That's 21 above average. That's amazing. He's always fast, and he plays great defense. As you remember, my favorite moment of him would probably be him getting that final out in Lucas Giolito's no-hitter. Great player and a great bench bat. And I believe well-liked in that clubhouse. So just a great all-around player. Nothing bad here to say. Charlie, who do you have for your player of choice? And what are you grade on? All right. Before my
0: player of choice, I want to get in on that Angle conversation because you can't talk about Adam Angle without me interrupting because I think, like you said, we're both high on him. And that's a definitely 100% true statement. I love the guy. He's awesome defensively. Like you said, that moment, that catch, after Lucas Gilito threw his no hitter, I would definitely agree with that grade, and I want him to slot in, you know, to whatever outfield position he wants, because I think he could come in there, you know, switch off with Adam Eaton. I think Adam's, well, they're both they're both Adams. I think Angle's offer he Angle offers a little more power. I think if he got some more games, I think he could develop that power. Adam Eaton. I'm not sure how much average he'll hit for. He'll hit a decent average, but I don't know. I think Adam Engel could take a spot. Honestly, I think he. I, I'm that high on him. Would you agree? To, would you agree with that statement, John?
1: Um. Well, personally, I hope that he doesn't take his spot because yeah. we paid Adam Eden eight million. We Did not pay him eight million to be a bench player, but I think it's possible. Yeah. You know, because he showed out. Like, you. I can remember him. I wasn't used to him hitting home runs, but he did it in 2020. He got RBIs. He was just an all-around great player. So, I think it is possible for him to take take Adam Eden's spot in right field. But who do you have for your
0: player? All right. For my player of choice, I have Zach Collins. And... Zidane knows that I'm not very high on Zach Collins. Yes, he's not had the most experience, but I think he's had more than some people might think. Six at-bats in 2020. You can't really judge it, but .063 average. You know, he's the pick 10 in the draft in 2016, and people thought he had potential, and I think he could still have some potential. I'm just not seeing it yet. I'm just going to say it like that. We go back in the year 2019, Feels like forever ago. Played in 27 games, 86 at-bats, 186 average. And if you go for a 162-game average for Zach Collins, it is a .167 average. So his bat is definitely not there. 2019 as well, negative 0.3 war. I think it's only 27 games. You can't really judge him so much. But I don't see him making a challenge you know, if we if we got a backup catcher, I think that would be so much, so much better than Zach Collins. I don't see him making a challenge to be, you know, a breakout player on the team this mm-hmm. year. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it like that. He's fine defensively, but his bat doesn't really offer him anything. Zidane, anything you wanna add about, you know, Zach Collins before we move on to a fun fun segment? Uh before I add anything, I didn't
1: hear you about oh, yeah. one sixty two average. So
0: you said one sixty two
1: average? I didn't hear you when you talked about is one sixty two games average. So could you just say that again?
0: Oh, did I cut off? Yeah, a bit. All right, sorry, sorry for that, guys. Little dysfunctional anchor app right here, but Anchor's awesome. I love Anchor. All right, one hundred sixty two game average. If you put that into, you know, if you take one hundred sixty two games, it is one six seven average? Point one six seven. And I did not give my grade. I give him a right now I give him a C minus. But if he shows something, maybe he's trending toward towards a C plus. Anything you wanna add?
1: Um very intriguing.
0: I think I'm a little higher on
1: Zach Collins than you are. I think he is the pop. He is okay defensively. He's not gonna, you know, be Osmani Grandal and JT Ramuto behind the plate. But I think he could be a good player. And I think just a little more time in the minors may help him a lot, especially in AAA. His average is going to, I think, go way up. But we shall see with Zach Collins. Okay, Charlie, you want to take us into the next and, I think, best segment?
0: Yeah, it's going to be one of the most fun segments we have ever done. And, Zan, um, tell me if I cut off throughout this i'll definitely uh repeat myself but i do agree with that statement i want to see zach collins and AAA a little more but we did 10 top 10 things i ranked them. i don't know Zidane, Zidane, did you rank them uh
1: there's some difference but the main ones yeah yeah okay
0: i had top 10 we did top 10 things we are looking forward to in the 2021 season. So it's not White Sox related. You could have some White Sox, you know, points or whatever you want to call them in there, but it's more around the league. And I think this is fun. I got some cool names for mine. And let's get it started, John. What's in your 10th spot?
1: My 10th spot is player health and really injured players coming back and healthy players staying healthy, you know. In the game of baseball and in any sport, you want to have your superstars and your favorite players play the game, so I can't wait to see Trey Mancini, you know Noah Syndergaard maybe, and Verlander, just a lot of injured players come back and ball out again, and that's really going to be fun. And I think this could be one of the best years in the league's history if that happens. Okay, Troy, what do you have with your ten? That's spot?
0: a bold statement. The best, one of the best years in this league history. Well, if we if the White Sox win the World Series, that could that could be possible. All right, 10th spot, I have, can the New York Yankees stay healthy? Zidane talks about player health. Mine goes along with that a little bit. By the way, I do not know Zidane's list, and Zidane does not know my list, like always. So, I think if the Yankees can stay healthy, and, you know, they add a few more free agent acquisitions, you know, with the departure of Masahiro Tanaka, I think that it's cool. He's going overseas, and... If the Yankees can stay healthy, they can make a far playoff push, in my opinion. I think Zidane would have to agree with that. And if they can't stay healthy, you might see them lose lots of more games. And that division is pretty tough. You got a lot of good teams in there, bounce-back teams possibly. And I think the Yankees could be awesome to watch if they do stay healthy. But, I mean, take a look at it. Rays, Yankees, Blue Jays, Orioles, Red Sox. I just read off the AL East. How strong does that sound to them?
1: That is a pretty good division, especially with those Blue Jays, as you said, signing a lot of players, Yankees, and maybe, I believe, even
0: the Red Sox exactly. could be in contention. They've been hiding. They've definitely mm-hmm. been hiding. And, you know, Chris Sale. Forget about Chris Sale. Jays, awesome. Yankees, if they do stay healthy, could be awesome. Rays, it's kind of a toss-up how they'll do. But, yes, that's my 10th spot. Can the Yankees still stay healthy? If they can, they can finish first, without a doubt. All right, Zidane, what's in your nine spot?
1: My nine spot goes along with my 10th spot, just a little different. It's players bouncing back from slumps. We saw a lot of superstar-type players play bad in the 2020 season. And my main guy that I'm going to have to talk about is Christian Yelich. I'm a fan of this dude. I like Watching him play baseball. The problem is, he was very bad by Christian Yelich standards in 2020. I can't wait to see him bounce back and be a MVP type player again. Same with Cody Ballinger. You know, Eugenio Suarez didn't play well, and my favorite player in the MLB, Yohan Mancata, bouncing back. That's a big point, and I really hope it happens because this will be, hopefully, a 162 game schedule. They'll have time to bounce back. Can't wait to see it happen. Troy, what do you have for your nine spot?
0: My nine spot is with parentheses, hopefully. Fans back in stadiums. Obviously, it's definitely 135,000%. They are not going to be full capacity. It's just not going to happen. I don't think, you know, with all these vaccines, you're going to have to roll them out. It's not going to be that quick. It hasn't been that quick, but hopefully, I believe that you can start rolling rolling these fans back into the stadiums very low numbers because most towns, most cities, they will not allow, you know, three-fourths capacity, half capacity. I don't really see that happening because baseball stadiums, they're not as big as football stadiums, and you can't spread them out that easily. But I, I really want to see fans back in the stadiums. I think baseball fans – the baseball atmosphere in the regular season is really overlooked. I think that's one of the problems with people getting into baseball. If when they watch the clips, the fans really aren't going crazy in the regular season. In the playoffs, it's a whole different story. I think that you look back at the Yasiel Puig home run where the pitcher threw his glove on the ground. You look at all these crazy moments in the playoffs when these fans go crazy, but in the regular season it's it's not much it's not much more exciting. And I think the fans could offer something they don't offer really anything, to be honest, in the regular season. I'm going to have to – I'll be honest with full with full capacity because full capacity doesn't mean full capacity because most games do not have every single person in their seat.
1: Would you agree with that, uh, Totally.
0: Yeah. Fans back in stadiums, hopefully. Zidane, what is your eighth
1: My spot? My eighth spot is a big one for baseball in almost all sports. Robo umpires slash umpire replay. We have too many umpires who are idiots, who have no idea how to do their job. You know, there's a slider completely off the plate. Catcher can't even block it. And they call it a strike. It's insane. You know, Angel Hernandez, he's known. If you get something a little inside or outside, you're going to get that call every time. So we just need more accountability in baseball. You know, umpires basically can do whatever they want because they can mess up. But then, if you shout at them, you're rejected. So, just some way to make sure umpires do their job well and it's just better for the game, you know? That's all it's a big issue. Just umpires being better or having a way to fix their mistakes. Charlie, what do you
0: have today? Before I move on to the eighth spot, so I want to explain something called VAR, it's used in lots of soccer slash football leagues around the world, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not talking about American football. I'm talking about, you know, European slash, you know, soccer. If you are American, I think, what do you think about a VAR type for that VAR stands for video assistant referee. So if they want to look back at a monitor to, or they have an earpiece looking back at the monitor will slow the game down even more than it is. So I don't think that should be, that should be done. But I think the video VAR video assistant referee also ha- the referees have an earpiece and there's people working in the VAR room telling them, you know, is that a penalty? Is that a red card? I think you could do the same for balls and strikes. I think we should, I think if there was a VAR implemented into the MLB, I think they should just review every questionable foul or fair call. I think that would, that would be a good thing to implement, but I definitely don't want umpires or you know, third or third base umpires, first base umpires looking back at monitors because baseball is already way too slow, and I don't want to make it slower. But an earpiece, I think that would work. So, would you agree with that? I
1: completely agree. And you know how all networks have like their own strike zones and stuff, and they can just look at and see if it's a ball or strike. MLB stadium should have that, as you said, with an earpiece, and they're like, "This is the call." Either they call it and then get corrected. Or they just use what their EP's earpiece tells them. I think it's a great idea.
0: And it's it's so simple. Like if the ball is on the the line of the batter's box, you know the projection that they have on TV screens, they would have it in you know the assistant room, whatever you whatever you want to call it. If it's it's touching the line, it's a strike. If it's inside the lines, the strike zone. I don't know why I didn't say that. If it's inside the strike zone. It's a strike. It was touching lines. It is as well. If it's not, it's a ball. It's really simple, honestly. But with that being said, I'm going to go into my eighth spot. This is another, hopefully in parentheses, a full season because I want a full season to happen. Manfred said that we should, and baseball players should, fans and players and everyone should be expecting a full 162-game season, and I'm excited for that, even though there was – a good amount of baseball games last season, but not nearly as much as 162 games. And I'm very excited because there's going to be lots of series reviews and previews. There's going to be awesome amounts of that for the podcast. So on any, any thoughts on, you know, full season, series reviews and everything? Gonna be- uh, that's going to be great because we're going to have more work to
1: do. We are going to have more episodes coming out and that's just better. We enjoy it and we want to do it. All right, seventh spot. My seventh spot is a big one for me personally and for a lot of people who want to watch baseball but don't have MLB TV or the dreaded, dreaded blackout restrictions. I'm going to have to go into that when I go into this point. More national televised games. You know, you think about baseball. How many national televised games are on? You know, you you usually have one on ESPN or ESPN2, either, you know, Sunday Night Baseball or others. There might be one on TBS, maybe Fox Sports Network, but you think about it, there's barely any national televised games. And even last season, when I would want to watch a White Sox game, I got MLB TV for free for that year only. Let me tell you how many games I watched on MLB TV. Zero. Because Black... It's insane to me. People who even buy MLB TV can't watch half of the game so what's the point of it like you go with nfl red zone or nfl sunday night sunday ticket or something like that i forgot what it's called or nba league pass you are able to watch all games that's what mlb tv is and supposed to be supposed to be but blackout restrictions take that away so just get rid of those get more national televised games you don't have to compete with the nfl like most sports you have a window where most sports are in their off season. That's where you come in and take all those national TV spots. MLB just says not capitalized on this chance. And I wish they would, because as a White Sox fan, I, I want to watch my team without having to find a stream of it. This is not a UFC no. event. It's a baseball game, and they happen almost every day. And it's a lot harder to find streams. And in turn, it's a lot harder pe- for people to get into baseball. All in all, They just make it more accessible for people to watch. Okay, Charlie, what do you have in number seven?
0: Before I go on my number seven, I think that was really well put there. I definitely agree. For the people at home that don't know what the actual definition of blackout restrictions are, would you be able to explain it?
1: It's basically where everyone has, like, if you have your NBC and CBS channel, you you have your local channel. So, like, we live in the Chicago area, so NBC5, that would be it. But for a lot of people, it's different news and networks. And so it's the same thing with sports games, baseball games. Like, let's say the Angels and Giants are playing. It may be on the same network as a White Sox-Cubs game, but it matters where in the country you can watch it. So if you're on the West Coast, you watch the Angels game. If you're on the East to Midwest, you'll watch the um, White Sox Cubs game. So I think it should be more available.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. That is well put. Again, my number seven is Astros fluke. That is with a question. Because in a full season, I am excited to see, or I'm looking forward to see if they have success. You saw players, they might have gotten you know, attacked, and it affected them. You saw with Altuve, he had a down year going back to Zidane's point of players bouncing back. Lots of errors from Altuve in the later games of the season. And I think the Astros can definitely bounce back, and I think they'll have a very good record, and they will definitely make the playoffs. Zidane, any thoughts on that before we go on to your sixth podcast? It's interesting because, as you know, I've been more critical of the
1: Astros than you have been And it's interesting because, yeah, a lot of players didn't play well, but they still made the ALCS, so maybe they can get better. Maybe they get worse without George Springer and some other players. (laughs) It will be interesting to see.
0: All right, what's your sixth spot?
1: My sixth spot is big and slash new division rivalries. I think it's the most exciting part of baseball when division rivals play. And there's a lot more, I think, to be had this season. And obviously, let's look in our own division. You got White Sox and Twins. I think those series may get even better as long as the Twins don't do anything in the offseason. But then you look at like the NL Central. Those those games may actually be really good because they're mediocre. In the AL. You cut blue. out there a little bit, yeah. bit the blue,
0: Huh? You cut out there a little bit, Zidane. You want to oh. repeat the yellow
1: was... Uh, Oh, yeah. Sorry for that. Did you hear me about the Twins? Oh, uh, yes, I did. Okay. Then I was talking about the NL Central. Those games mm-hmm. may be good because every team's mediocre. So, like, the Cubs and Cardinals may play really good games because they both aren't very good. But then the best one that I'm really looking forward to is the AL East. You have, I'm sorry, there's one more that I have to talk about, but Blue Jays, Yankees, and then Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, those three teams, all of those games, I think, will be amazing. you got the Red Sox, who I think are looking towards a big bounce back year, maybe even a playoff spot. Blue Jays making tons of signings, and then Yankees other Yankees. Those games are going to be amazing. But the biggest and by far the best division rivalry in baseball the San Diego Padres, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Every series that they play, will I, I can bet money, will have the most viewership of the entire must season. Must see TV. Exactly. It's going to be like the World Series, but in the regular season. I cannot wait. All of those games are going to be national televised because people want to watch that. The Padres are stacked. The Dodgers are stacked. That's an amazing division rivalry. I cannot wait. Okay, Troy, what's your number six
0: spot? My number six spot is, you talk about the Dodgers. My question or what I'm looking forward to is, can the Dodgers repeat for another back-to-back World Series? Now, Yankees won three straight. The Blue Jays, 92-93. Yankees, 77-78. Reds, 75-76. A's, 72-73-74. The Yankees in 61 and 62 and though that's only a few there's there's more you see teams have done it but in these last couple years not so much and when i've been heavily invested not so much it it hasn't happened at all so my question to use it on and the question i want to raise is are the dodgers this good Are they good enough to go back-to-back? Because I think they are. What do you think? I mean, I think they are very good. But the thing is, the Padres,
1: Padres could even win that division. Yep. The Dodgers could be a wild-card team with, like, 110 wins. It would be insane, but it is possible. So it's very interesting.
0: All right. Fifth spot, Jonathan, what do you got? This
1: is one you already said, but just got to say it again. Fans in the stands. Obviously, you're not going to get full capacity. You probably won't even get half capacity. But basketball is coming back. And as you saw, I think you must have seen, excuse me, with the Miami Heat. They have COVID-sniffing dogs. But whatever you have to do, it works. And now people are able to go to basketball games again. Football, I believe they'll have 11,000 around people in the Tampa Bay Stadium for the Super Bowl, that's great as well. Baseball, I think it depends a lot more on the fans than any other sport. I think baseball, as most people would say, is pretty boring a lot of the time. But with fans, you like I remember great fan moments. I think you'll remember with the where this kid caught a bait, caught a foul ball, what looked back to this girl in the other row. Gave yep. her a fake one. That's one of the funniest thing. There's this big dude trying to open a water bottle. Yep. There's just there's so many fan moments. We've all baseball. watched those
0: videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't not admit that.
1: Prince they're eating nachos, legendary. <laughs> just baseball depends on its fans. I can't wait to see some people, if not a lot of people, in the stands. Yeah. Okay, you,
0: you saw it. You saw it also in hockey. Because I'm a big Hawks fan, Zidane pays attention as well. We've played the Predators and Tampa Bay Lightning. We're playing tonight against the Columbus Blue Jackets as well. But there was fans at the Nashville game and the Tampa Bay games and I did not know if you noticed that. Uh, I believe it. you did. Oh, yeah, go yeah on. I do. Hmm? Go on. What were you going to say? Sorry, I cut you off.
1: Oh yeah. Um. No. Now I. Now I think about it. There were fans, but. Same with hockey. It makes a lot of the atmosphere. Like, a full United Center, nothing can replace that. When they score, and oh, my God. Now I'm thinking about hockey. I forgot this is a baseball thing. But (laughs) just like hockey, we need fans. It doesn't matter how much. Just some people in the stands cheering on their favorite team. You don't even have to be a fan. Just going to a baseball game is an experience. It's a fun day. Even with a mask, even with all the safety protocols, I really hope people will go. Hey, Troy, what's your number five spot?
0: Before I get to my number five, I want to correct myself. I didn't mean to come off, you know, hateful against the fans of baseball. I was more talking about the atmosphere because in most regular season MLB games, not very popping. But the fans and the experience and the moments are also amazing. All right, my number five spot, I know, I don't know if Zidane will actually have this. He might have forgot about this because this is more specific, but I have the Yankees and White Sox Field of Dreams. I think oh, yeah. this is going to be ridiculous. I grew up watching, not grew up, obviously. I was not alive when this movie came, when Field of Dreams came out, but I grew up watching that movie over and over again because I've been a baseball guy since I was born, and it's an awesome movie. Top five favorite movies of all time because most of my music, not music, movie taste is centered around sports. So I know it's not going to be at the exact stadium. They're going to be um building another stadium, or they have built another stadium. I'm not quite sure, but I'm waiting for when they pan out and they show. Hopefully, hopefully, fans at that at that game, and then they pan to the other field and the corn. The cornfields and the house. I've been there. It's awesome. It's so cool. It's such an experience, and I can't wait to see a game played there. on What are your opinions on a Yankees Sox game? It's going to be awesome. Two good teams I as well. Completely forgot about that. It, as
1: you said, two very good teams, possible World Series contenders. But now that you mention it, that may be that should have been on my list. I didn't think of it at the time, but I think it's going to be great for baseball in general because gonna be such an event it's like yeah NFL plays in London and then they they usually have a game Mexico City but to have it like in a cornfield this is not even the stadium no it's not and I it still looks amazing I cannot wait that's gonna be one of the best series and we're definitely gonna have to talk about that when it does come around okay go on to your number four spot My number four spot is a very big one and a very interesting one that just had some news. And I have big changes in baseball. And in general, you know, it's with the new moves and new people coming into the sport, hopefully making it for the better. Today, Ken Griffey Jr., the kid, was announced as a senior advisor to the commissioner focused on, I believe, Development in like youth, so getting young kids interested and in adding diversity more into the game of baseball, big things. And he's a, such a face for the sport. Everyone absolutely loves him, so I think he can do really good work. And the big one I wanted to focus on is the Miami Marlins and Kim Ning, their general manager. I think it was a great hire. We both agreed, great hire. And let's see, because we'd love to see this sport sport we love, opened up to more people. The be- the more the merrier, as it is said. So I think she can do really good things for the sport and women in baseball in general. Can't wait to see what happens with the Miami Mullins and Kim Ning, And in general, the entire game of baseball. Okay, Charlie, what do you have at number four?
0: My number four spot is the Blue Bombers Part 2. And of course I'm talking about the Blue Jays. Because you think about you you hear blue jays and i automatically go to the jose bautista moment we've talked about that we've had that on our list list before and i think it can really happen because there's there's some guys on there with some serious power george springer is going to be awesome in the field and up to bat obviously teoscar vlad junior oh, i i get excited because i'm i really like supporting the blue jays you know what well, like i said the Astros and Blue Jays, I I like to you know keep up with them when the Sox you know were terrible. Obviously, not a fan fan of them whatsoever. But you know when they succeed, I was like, all right, I clapped them off because they're they're fun to root for. I I love you know teams in Canada. I I love hockey, so I love you know paying attention to the Jets, the Flames, Canadians, all them teams. And Blue Bombers Part Two could be making a returns. It what do you think?
1: That's a very interesting one. In- one I'm intrigued in. You know, George Springer, Tay Oscar, Marquis Simeon, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, Randall Gritchick, Vlad Jr., um, Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk, just tons of great lineup. They still, in my opinion, need to up that, update, upgrade that
0: rotation. But continue? Yeah, honestly, I, I think that is their one follow. Can you hear me?
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You good? You good?
0: Sorry guys for the issue. We've never had this, but hopefully it's better for the rest of the episode. But yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty much done there. But yes, you do raise the question about their pitching, and I think that needs some improvement. Once that gets improved, I think they could make a push. They will make a push this year, but in the next coming, you know, in the coming years, I think they can be World Series contenders. All right, now, what's your top three? We're started off. What's in your third spot? Or, or My third yeah. spot,
1: generally, is an amazing, star-studded, best teams. One of the greatest post-seasons of all time. I think that would be insane because this is where baseball, I think, it is primed to grow the best they can. You know, COVID, still in a pandemic. You know, you have less sports events, less people going to sports events. So they're at home and they might as well watch baseball. I think baseball can do it really good for itself if it has an amazing postseason. As you said, that atmosphere is insane, and hopefully by the time we're in October, more fans can be allowed in the stadium, so it's an even better atmosphere. But as you said, we just have so many good teams, and and for them to go into postseason and just compete for that World Series would be insane. I think this World Series can be really good, whether it's Dodgers-Yankees, Dodgers-White Sox, the Padres make it, some random team like the Blue Jays or Red Sox. We don't know. We shall see. But I think it could be a really, really good postseason, and that's what I hope. Okay, Troy, here's a big one. What is your number three spot?
0: All right, I'm continuing with these fun names. I I hope you like this. Number three spot, I have Stephen Cohen's Blue and Orange Army. Because... (laughs) So You know, New York fans, they have not had it well. Can we, we'll definitely 110% agree on that. The Jets, garbage. Giants, garbage. Knicks, garbage. Mets, garbage. Yankees, a little different story. But if you're a fan of all those teams, I ve- I'm very sorry for your existence because I just feel bad for you. But Stephen Cohen, he's developing an army. Anything he does, if he breathes, the Mets fans go crazy. If he... Post on twitter the mets fans will go crazy. He is the savior of the mets universe right now and i think the mets will be making a comeback and if it's if it's not this year because i don't th- i definitely think they are they definitely need more pieces. You know in that in that pitching order, their bullpen as well, some places in their in their batting order but i think they're stacked in most you know in their top 5 definitely. He could have an army He's. If it's looking like he already does have an army. In these next couple of years, they can make it back to the playoffs and hopefully push for the World Series. Because I like the Mets more than I like the Yankees. I think lots of people who aren't a Yankees fans don't like their success. I think they would agree on that. Zan, what do you think? How big is Stephen Cohen's blue and orange army? That's
1: a big. That's one of the biggest stories of the off season. And if you have looked at his Twitter, it's hilarious. He's very vocal on Twitter and. He's one of the best best owners in baseball right now. He is a new generation of baseball fans, and hopefully he and the Mets will bring more people into the game. But, yeah. All right. What's in
0: your number two spot?
1: My number two spot is more flamboyance and drama. You know, we saw it last year when Fernando Tatis hit a grand slam on a 3-0 count. Bat flipped. He did it the entire season. It was so fun to watch. And one of our guys, Tim Anderson, he's vocal. He bat flips. He does what he wants. And I think that is all of my points are basically surrounded about the popularity of baseball and increasing it. And that this is the biggest one I believe. Players need to be able to express themselves like Trevor Bauer. He does it. And that's good. And we need to accept it and have more players do that, you know, If we can't have fun playing the game, what's the point? You're not going to get more people involved. You're not going to get more people watching or going to stadiums. But if a person goes to a stadium for the first time, like imagine if you go to your first baseball game, you see whoever you want to see. Let's say Yoan he gets a walk-off. He absolutely backflips. The entire stadium goes crazy. The entire team goes crazy. The more expression of players, the better for the game. Can't wait to see what happens, you know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the White Sox expression because I sent a meme to Charlie before. Tony La Russa is not the biggest fan of players expressing themselves, but we'll see what happens. Okay, Troy, what do you have in your number two spot?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with what you said there. Before I move on, I think we will – or we might do some segments on you know advancing the popularity of baseball definitely for the younger generation. I think we, we're going to need to do some more research for that, and I think we could make it sort of like an off-season project type thing, hopefully get a couple guests on for that, spread it out over a couple episodes. I think that is very likely to happen, and we are already working on that. So that's, that's a little sneak peek of news for you guys. But, again, continuing with these fun names, I have Slam Diego and their Fight for the West. Zan's mentioned it before. Look at that pitching order, our pitching rotation. I don't even need to list it, but I'll do it anyway. Snell, Darvish, Lamette. I mean, come on. It's, it's ridiculous. Their top two is ridiculous. And why I say fight for the West is for obvious reasons. The Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, and then you got Blake Snell, you Darvish, then you're going to have to face Denilson Lamette. That's not something I would want to do. And when I say fight for the West, it's going to be a fight, fight. Must-see TV, like I said, those games are going to be ridiculous. I love division rivalries. You've seen it before. I think the White Sox and Twins are going to have one. Zidane already put that as one of his points for the list. And Slam Diego, they're going to need to fight because the Dodgers are not going down with, you know, with winning a World Series. They're going to want to retain that title. Zidane. What's your crown at the top? Your number one spot. Let me hear it. My number one spot, it's a
1: personal one. The only one of this I wasn't able to see because I was not born yet. But I wish to see it this year. A White Sox World Series win in guaranteed rate field. It is my dream. It is what I want to see. And I believe we have a chance, a very good chance, just get a DH, please. Please, Rick Hahn, I beg for you. Nelson Cruz, I know he's 40, but he's still going to hit you 50 bombs in a season. Please get a DH or a starting pitcher. That's always good. But we have a chance to win the World Series. It would be the first of my lifetime. That would be insane. It's something I can always hold over. All of my Cubs friends, who's like, oh, we won in 2016, you won in 2005. Boom, 2021 World Series champions, Chicago White Sox. It is what I want. It is what the fan base deserves. And I think it's what this team can get. A White Sox World Series, that is my number one thing I want to see next season. Okay, Charlie, what do you have at number one? Oh, I
0: have a smile on my face just thinking about it all the words you said, I'm smiling. Obviously mine is going to be the almost exact same. I do have a separate name. It is the white socks and their fight to take over Chicago. When I say take over Chicago, I mean shutting all the Cubs fans up because yes, the Cubs fans, you know, they, they obviously deserve to talk. They were, they're great in 2016. I'm not going to take that away from them, but we've been garbage. We've, they've been good when we've been garbage. We're going through that rebuilding phase and I want them to take over. this is why I say take over the fans so they could just stop talking so we can have our time because it's our time and we deserve it. like Zidane said, we both didn't witness it, and if we did, we would be you know one years old. we wouldn't we wouldn't have remembered it whatsoever. I want to see us win it in guaranteed rate. I still call u s cellular, but whatever you want to say, wow, a white sox Chicago takeover. I want to I want to deal with the fans from you know the mediocre not mediocre fans. What do I what do I say the fans that are you know in the middle they support both teams. I want I want to hear them talking to me and I want to say no. You are not jumping on the bandwagon. We've been waiting. You haven't been waiting. You had your fun in 2016. 4 years or 5 years later, come on, you, you can't have that fun again. You've been a Cubs fan now you can't switch. It's our time for the real Sox fans. I don't care whatever you want to say if I'm gatekeeping, you know, the fans from the White Sox. But I'll say it how it is. We don't have lots of fans, especially where I live, because I don't live on the south side. I live by a bunch of Cubs fans. I say When I say I, I mean we. But, wow. White Sox, Chicago takeover, I'm excited for it. Zan, any final thoughts before we close out this awesome episode? I had lots of fun.
1: Uh, Me too. This was a really interesting one. I love your names for each of your points. Very interesting, but just in general, I really hope this season goes well, and I think it may be a great season, and I really, truly hope we get to play 162 games of baseball. Talking about it right here. Joe, you want to end us off?
0: Alright. Before I end us off with, you know, thank you guys. I'm going to give a little bit of an announcement. We have been thinking for new names of the podcast. We said at the start, you know, on our starting episodes on SoundCloud, they are still on SoundCloud. We haven't talked about it a lot. But, you know, with the whole thing, we had to, you know, switch over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm not going to say it again. We said that it's a solid name, but we could work on it. And we've been thinking of new names, but we are not going to tell you guys yet. If we get a good name, we'll be switching the podcast name. Thank you guys for watching this episode. Bye-bye.